If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'll talk to you a little bit about food sensitivities testing, when you might want to consider it and what type of food sensitivity tests are out there available for you. So with um, the, why is, first of all, why is food sensitivity testing important? Well, if your child eats foods to which they have reactivity, so if the immune system is reacting to, to those foods, they will cause inflammation. And this immune reactivity and inflammation can cause a number of uh, health problems. So anything from skin issues to behavioral changes to just a general, uh, you know, having low level of inflammation just depletes the body of certain vital nutrients. So knowing if there's reactive foods in your child's diet is very important so you can remove them so their gut is allowed to heal. So this is another very important thing. If, if there's gut dysfunction um, and your child continues to eat foods that cause immune reactivity, then their gut, just the, the constant inflammation from those foods will just reduce the chances that the gut can heal properly. There's a number of things to know about food sensitivity testing, right? So the most common test is what is known as the IgG, so the immunoglobulin G test. These are very common um, and they have limited use. So the, the thing about the IgG test is that your child needs to be eating the foods in order to to actually see, for the results to be meaningful. So the immune system creates these IgG antibodies to foods over time. So if your child, let's say, does not eat avocado, there won't be any IgG antibodies in the blood that will detect reactivity to the avocado. If your child eats, let's say, um, whatever, egg a lot, and you see high uh, IgG antibodies on a, on a food sensitivity test to egg, then you can make a decision, okay, there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of immune reactivity to eggs and you can remove them. So what the food sensitivity test, uh, the IgG food sensitivity test can help with is if your child's diet 
is fairly varied, it can help you refine the diet a little bit more, remove uh, food, food, uh, foods that they're, that they're reacting to. So what that also means is if your child's current diet is limited, there's probably not so much value in running a food sensitivity test like this yet. Because what you, what you're probably better off doing is trying to expand the diet. And then after, let's say three to six months, then you can run the food sensitivity test in order to see whether any of the newly introduced foods are causing immune reactivity. Another caveat is that IgG antibodies is just one of the various ways that the body can react to food. So just because a food comes back as non-reactive on an IgG test, it does not mean that your child is not reacting to that food via another mechanism, for example, Ig, IgA or IgM antibodies, and there's other non-Ig, uh, you know, non-immunoglobulin um, ways to react to food as well. So th th they won't be tested on this kind of test. So it's always important to to get the results, but take them with a grain of salt. You know, always make sure you monitor your child for reactions after food because that's one of the best ways is to if you see noticeable changes in behavior for example after certain foods this is you have to use your own kind of personal uh, you know you know your child best and sometimes it, something just it, you know yourself when you take a food when you eat a food that it just doesn't sit right with you you can feel it yourself in your child's case you have to kind of monitor for discomfort or behavior changes so running a food sensitivity test is is never going to be enough you also need to kind of you know stay fairly kind of aware and vigilant to see if some, if, if certain foods are, are re reactive for your child now there's another type of test called the mediator release test now this is uh, from oxford biomedical technologies it's mediator release or the mrt is what the test is called so this is different from the IgG test is in that the the lab they they take the blood and then they expose the blood to various foods and food additives then they measure the immune response so there's like these white blood cell uh, reactions that happen and they measure the actual um, immune response to each of the foods so the the beauty of this type of test is it allows you to see what foods your child is potentially going to react to not what what um, antibodies the immune system is currently producing but what the, the potential level of reactivity will be to um, the foods and the chemicals so the the mrt test for a bunch of you can test for 85 130 or 170 foods and they also test for things like aspartame high fructose corn syrup msg ibuprofen and then certain other additives and preservatives like potassium nitrate salicylic acid polysorbate 80 uh, benzoic acid things like that so with this kind of test it's it's a great test when you want to expand your child's diet and you just want to reduce potentially reactive foods so let's say you run the test for 170 foods and you see things like certain fruits and vegetables are, are, you know, medium reactivity, for example. What you would do then is 
not introduce those foods. You would start with the, all the green or the low reactivity foods. And then as you're kind of, you know, you work with your practitioner to improve your child's gut function, test for gut infections, you know, um, just add a few supplements to the mix, things like, um, you know, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega-3 fatty acids, multivitamins, things like that. And these will help to kind of heal the gut. So during these periods of healing the gut, you want to reduce as much as possible those highly reactive foods. So this is a great test to run at that point. So those are kind of the two tests I would recommend in terms of just to go back to the IgG test for a second. What you want to do is you want to make sure you go with a reputable lab. And I'll have I'll have some links in the show notes and, and on my website on good labs to use to run um, the IgG food sensitivity test because it's very important that they have a good the lab has good quality control measures for example certain labs that I know of they they test three the test they test the sample three times to make sure they get the same result every time because less good quality labs they sometimes you might get a different result with the same sample which is you know, it's very, it's obviously a waste of kind of time and money to, to use a lab like that. So there's labs that have kind of much higher quality standards. You want to go with one of those labs. So this is a quick primer on food sensitivity tests. We covered the IgG antibodies test, which is the most common test. I, as I mentioned, try to find, if you're going to run this type of test, try to find um, uh, a reputable lab. And it makes the most sense to run this type of test when you're, you've expanded your child's diet for a while, let's say three to six months, and they're eating a more diverse range of foods, or your child is already eating a fairly diverse diet. So if your child's diet is very limited to say three, four foods, there's no point in running this type of test because it can only measure high reactivity to foods that are already in the diet. So if the food is not in the diet, the immune system will not be producing antibodies to it. So there's very little use for this type of test at that point. And then the other test that uh, I covered is the MRT or the mediator release test. So there's one company that does this one called Oxford Biomedical Technologies. I'll have a link in the show notes to it. And what they do with this, the difference here is that they don't measure antibodies, but they expose the blood to the various foods and food additives and they measure the and um, the they measure the immune response to them so it's a good test to use before you start introducing new foods into your child's diet so you can see what are the least and the most reactive foods so you can avoid the most reactive foods so i hope you found this useful check out the links in the show notes and i'll see you on the next episode